Hello, Monetization Nation. In the last episode with Kate Toon, we discussed how to build a digital business from scratch by growing and leveraging a community. In this episode, we're going to discuss some key principles from Kate's book, Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, and several ways we can provide value to our customers. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. In your book, you talk about entrepreneurs finding their superpower. Mm -hmm. um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's funny because at the moment, my avatar on all my social media is me dressed up as Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, I think again. You know, my my mom actually went to high school with Linda Carter. <gasps> they both oh went goodness. to Arcadia High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. And you know, Steven Spielberg went to that same high school at the same time. Wow, that that was a little hotbed of genius, yes. wasn't it? And look what your mom she made you. So <laughs> they all produce great things. I I I just love Wonder Woman, and was she was a bit of an icon to me as a, as a kid. Um, yeah, I think again often we look at what we think should be our superpowers. Like we should be really financially savvy. We should be a great salesperson. We should be a go-getter, you know, really driven. I am none of those things. So, you know, if I were to look at the standard mold of entrepreneur, I'm a failure on all those things. So instead I had to look for my own superpowers. And one of the things I say in the book is that you're often not the best judge of what your superpowers are, you know? So I, I would say I'm kind of quite creative. I'm, I'm relatively generous. I think I'm funny. And that's all that matters. But what I suggest in the book is that you go out and ask on Facebook or your friends and family how they would describe you in two or three words. And the words that come back are always a surprise to people because the way that we're perceived is often not the way that we're putting ourselves out in the world. And often you discover your superpowers by seeing what other people think of you. So one of mine is that I'm really, really honest and sometimes to a fault because sometimes our superpowers are also our kryptonite, you know, they are, they work yes. both ways. So my honesty is great. You're always going to get a straight answer from me, but sometimes my honesty can be a bit brutal and people aren't going to like that. Um, but it's who I am and I have to own it. So I think it's really good to identify what your individual superpowers are rather than trying to fit the mold of what society tells you have to be the superpowers to be a great business human. Um, because again, I think it's all a bit of a cliche. I'm just a contrarian, Nathan. They say <laughs> that, I say this. It's just... <laughs> You know what? That, that might that may be part of your superpower, yeah, right? Is maybe, you can maybe. see it differently and communicate it in a in a different way that resonates with a different audience. Yeah, yeah. So the way I talk, you talk about this superpower and this kryptonite being the same thing, and and I've used an analogy in my career. Someone taught me at some point. I don't remember who taught me this, but it, that it's it's like a stick. And when we pick up a stick, we pick up both sides of the stick. And one side of that stick is our superpower. It's our talent. It's, it's usually the way that we are going to change the world and make our, our greatest contribution. And then the other side of the stick is, is a weakness, is, is an associated weakness. And maybe you have a salesperson that's really good at relationships and communicating with people and, and selling. But on the other side, they're just not a details person and you'd never have them manage your books, right? And it's a, every superpower 
has an associated weakness. Like every superpower has, has their kryptonite, right? And so often we as entrepreneurs or, or just we as humans judge ourselves and, and often sadly judge other people based upon their weakness. And, and it's through, like we, we look at other people and we say, we look at their superpower and then we compare that to our weakness on, on our side. And, and uh, we've got to step back and realize, you know, they've got their strength and they've got their weakness. And I need to focus on what my strength is. And I need to stop comparing my weakness to other people's strengths. And I need to focus on my strength because it's through that strength that I, I'm probably going to make the greatest contribution for good in the world. I, I so agree a hundred percent. And it's funny because I have a big community of copywriters who are always feeling terrible about the fact that they're not great salespeople, that they're not great on the phone, that they're not great at closing deals. And that's what they focus on. And I'm like, yeah, but you're so good at listening. You're so good at hearing the client and turning the client's thoughts into copy that when they read it back, they feel like it's something they wrote, but better, you know, like yep. that's your skill. And, and therefore, you know, you, you maybe have to sell in other ways. Maybe you're not going to be great on the phone. Maybe you have to show more value on your website, have more testimonials from other people talking to why you're great. Maybe you need to write a script for your calls because that is your kryptonite but your skill is that you can listen and that is equally as good a skill. Uh, but yeah, we all yes. do it, don't we? We all, we all focus on our weaknesses. We're terrible. We always focus on the 1% of people who don't like us and the, the one thing that we can't do. It's ridiculous. It's a human condition, yeah. I think. And, and sometimes we just need to find that business partner or we need to find that VA or we need to find that person that can just fill in the weakness. I've, I've worked with some really highly successful CEOs over the years and and uh, all of those CEOs, most of those CEOs tend to not be operations people. They tend to yes. not be detail oriented and, and they learned early on and they don't beat themselves up about it. They just hire a really good operations person as the very first hire. And they, they hire someone that can fill in that weakness and compensate for the, the side of the stick that is their weakness. That's it. You fill the gap. And I've done the same thing in my team. You know, I've got people with different skills to compensate for my weaknesses and it works well. Yeah. Okay. What is your recipe for SEO success? Well, the reason I called it the recipe for SEO success, I know it's a bit of a, an idiom, but it's no, there's no one thing. Um, funnily enough, I was in a clubhouse room the other night and, you know, there's lots of big big people talking in voices like this saying, well, this is the secret. This is the thing that I did and this is what worked for me. Uh, but the truth is that every site is different and not one thing is going to work. You have to come at it for, from really three angles, uh, three angles. Can you have three angles? Three directions. So you have to look at all your technical stuff. You have to make sure your site is fast and responsive to on different devices that it's, you know, it's not buggy. Um, it looks beautiful. It's got great UX uh, usability experience. And then you've got to look at it from the copy point of view. Is the content relevant to what people are typing into Google? Have you gone after words that aren't super competitive? You're not going to be fighting with the Amazons and the apples of this world. And then finally, you have to look at building relationships with other people so that other people are recommending you. I like to say that uh, Google's like the high school 
prom queen you know everyone else has to like you and once everyone else thinks you're cool google will take a look at you google might be friends with you um and so it's those three aspects but there is no one aspect and i think that's the secret is understanding that there's no secret (laughs) that there isn't any magic juju that no course not even mine is going to teach you a special thing it's just going to teach you a process and a methodology it's pretty black and white. Google has about 200 things it wants us to do. And you just have to tick them off and tick them off in a certain order. And then you're going to get your success. So the secret is there is no secret. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have a course about that you call the digital master chefs success course, or I I don't remember what it's the exact path. Yeah. The path. What is the Digital Master Chef's success roadmap that you teach? Yeah, so that's actually part of my membership. And and it really it's, I think with anything that you teach, it's my experience. So it's my experience of how I built my business to where it is. And, you know, and it, and it all starts with that mindset piece of, you know, all the things we've just talked about, about, you know, working out who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, um, you know, not comparing yourself to others, getting your mind right. I think it's crucial yeah. and it's very hard and it's something I'm still working on. Then building your hub, your, your website, making sure you have a really good foundation for everyone to go back to. And then it moves to things like processes and pricing to make sure that you have that all in order. And then once you've kind of got your, your ducks in a row, you can start going out into the world in terms of your, you know, your branding and your marketing and then, you know, building up your profile and then getting, once you've, got to a stage where you can afford it, then starting to bring in those people that we just talked about, people to fill the gaps, people who can do what you do at a more cost-effective price, people that can allow you to really move into your zone of, of genius and do what you do best. So it's, it's really the path that I followed, but it speeded up without all the mistakes, you know, <laughs> and all the stupid things I did in the wrong order, you know, like launching a, a podcast, without really planning. I, I interviewed Ran Fishkin. He was my first guest. I just mentioned him at the beginning. And I just did it because I wanted to interview Ran Fishkin because I love him. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, but this could be a podcast. And so I launched a podcast. Do you know there's that now what I'm trying to do is although I've said you don't need a plan, I'm trying to give people a bit of a plan because my journey has been ridiculous. And I just want to abbreviate it a little bit for people and get them there a little bit faster. So before the interview started, we talked a little bit about how you make money, about your value ladder. Could you, could you take the audience through that? You have a variety of different ways you make money. Um, can you help them understand that model? Yeah, I love the term value ladder. Yeah, so I guess it's fairly standard uh, if I take the recipe uh, ladder, because my businesses are three different. I treat them quite separately, three different businesses. So if I take the SEO uh, kind of stream, People will come in through lots of different top of funnel ways, the podcast, um, you know, blog posts that I've written, events, clubhouse. The first step for everybody is to join the community. So it's not to go to my lead magnet or anything like that. It's to join the Facebook community, because for me, that's a very low barrier to entry. You know, that, that very low. I'm just joining a community. This isn't a commitment. But to join the community, they give me their email address. When they get their, my email address, then they get my free a three-day course, which is a a little micro course on SEO, which kind of gives them an immediate outcome and makes them go, oh, I always thought SEO was really boring and technical, but I can do this. 
Straight up after that, there's another freebie, which is a checklist. Then there's some more freebies, which are posts and, and, and uh, resources to help them on their journey and tools. And then we have the first kind of tripwire product, which is a 10 day SEO challenge, which is like a micro course, taking them through first 10 days. And that's about 87 US dollars. Um, and then there is the big course. So there's other courses you can do. There's a local SEO course, an e-commerce SEO course, a WordPress SEO course. They're about $500. But then the real sell is obviously the big course, which is 2000 Australian dollars. So probably 1,500 US. And then after that, they have, they can choose their, choose their own adventure. They can go and join the Clever Copywriting School membership if they're a copywriter, or they can join the Digital MasterChefs. And both of those are memberships with recurring subscription payments. That makes sense? Yes, <laughs> a lot. absolutely. So, so kind of the, the ultimate product that you're trying to get people to is a recurring revenue subscription membership site. Um, talk to us a little bit about what do you provide as part of that membership site? What do they get in exchange for, for joining? Well, at first I made a big mistake in thinking that memberships should be just packed with content, that it was all about content. But I realized since that memberships are about transformation. They're about results. People want to see that they're moving forward and making changes. So, and content actually overwhelms people because they're like, wow, I'm not getting through all this content. Therefore, I'm not getting the value from this membership that I should. So I'm going to leave, you know, it's like, I'm not doing this stuff. So I should leave. So really now what we provide is, is kind of a less is more approach. We do a couple of masterclasses each month on topics that the group vote for. So, uh, you know, it might be how to come up with 30 days of Instagram posts or how to set up your Google ads. So all related to what they do. Um, then we have a training from me each month uh, where I will teach them something that I've done, you know, like how to launch a podcast or how to write a book or how to do this, that or the other. And then we have a lot of coaching. So we have a one hour coaching call, a group coaching call. I do little hot seats with people where it's just a 10 minute, tell me your problem. And I'll brutally, honestly tell you what I would do. And it's like, get ready. It's coming. And then I also do little reviews as well. Little like, you know, like 10 minute reviews of their site. So not, it's not about a lot of content, but it's trying to give people a personal experience as much as possible. We have a Facebook group where it's me, but there's also 15 other experts because I can't know everything. So like I've got a legal expert, a finance expert. So it's really, I think a good membership is about, yes, about education, but it's really about support, community. It's that word again, ding, 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 and uh, yeah. coaching. So yeah, that's what they get. Love it. Thank you for explaining. And so you, you focus extensively on building recurring revenue streams. Tell me what that means to you. Why do you, why do you focus so much on those recurring revenue streams? Because I used to have the big course, so the big course, which is the recipe course, and I launched that three times a year. And I, you know, I have a waitlist strategy for that. So it's like lining up to get tickets for an Ed Sheeran concert. Like on the day, the course pretty much sells out. We sell about 90% of the tickets in the first hour, the spots in the first hour, and then the rest of it sells out within a day. So within that one day, I was making a serious amount of money, but that money then had to last for the next three months until I launched again. 
And I use a strategy called profit first, which is kind of a profit distribution model uh, with percentages. So I'm, I'm pretty good at that, but it just makes me anxious because all it takes is for one of those launches to flop and I'm $200,000 down, you know, on that one day. Yeah. So if that just made me anxious that everything is riding on these three launch days, it's too much stress. Um, so I wanted to build up recurring revenue that just, you know, it's that reassuring PayPal ping. You know, I'm out at the supermarket and it's ping, ping, ping. And I'm just like, think the world is good. Money, I can afford these <laughs> potatoes today. So it's really a security measure. Although I am a risk taker, I'm very mitigated, low risk human. And I don't, you know, my biggest fear, Nathan, is that I'm going to end up in a flat being eaten by my own cats, um, you know. <laughs> so it's just about that security. And it means, therefore, I can make more intelligent decisions. I can afford to have a team I can make promises to my team about their work and how long they're going to be around for. So yeah, it's, it means a lot to me. It makes means, means I can sleep at night. Yes. I hear <laughs> that statement a lot. Recurring <laughs> revenue makes it so entrepreneurs can sleep much better at night. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the very beginning of your value ladder, you have a, a free lead magnet that you give away on the site, a personal branding workbook. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and why you created that and kind of how, how that helps you? Yeah. So that, that's my, uh, the digital master chef stream, you know, I've got the copywriting, the SEO and then digital master chef stream. So yeah, I mean, it's covered in the book as well. It's really about your point about superpowers as well. It's like, really trying to work out who the heck you are. <laughs> it's quite hard. I'm, I'm still working out who I am. And as I said, I'm nearly 47. Um, and I think a lot of us go into our marketing thinking about the color of our logo or the font we're going to use or the stock shots we're going to use. But we don't spend some time really thinking about who we are as a human. What do we stand for? And what do we not, what won't we stand for? And so, you know, what our values are as a business person, people want to buy from people whose values are aligned with their own. We've seen this a lot with big corporations. Like, I don't want to buy from this company if they're investing in, you know, destroying the Great Barrier Reef. You know, I want to invest in companies that are doing good for the world. But equally, I want the humans that I'm investing in to be what I, in my judgment, think is a good human, somebody with good values that match mine. But the problem is if you're not, clear on those it's harder to articulate those in your marketing I mean, you don't go out there saying my values are this this and this but it comes through everything you do you know right. it comes through and as i said with clubhouse it's really going to come through so that workbook is about stepping you through what your values are what you want your brand personality to be how does that look in the world you know like how do you express that you're generous how do you express that you're honest um and then just getting to the point where Everything you do is you. So you don't have to be a different person on LinkedIn to Twitter to Instagram. And you don't have to second guess what you write and go, oh, is this, should I write this? Because everything you put out there is aligned with who you are as a human. And you accept that not everyone's going to like that. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have a you have another membership site, the, the Clever Copywriting so School. <laughs> I know, which is great. Um, more stability, more recurring revenue. Yeah, sleep, more uh, sleeping, more sleeping. <laughs> that's right. Um, what, are the, what are the most meaningful uh, lessons that, that someone would learn by participating in this Clever Copywriting School? Well, I mentioned earlier, you know, that a lot of the copywriters, I think people become copywriters often because they're kind of quite 
I would say not necessarily really outgoing people. They're quite inward people, um, introverts, maybe empaths, sensitive souls, tortured artists, really. So I guess a lot of that community and that membership is not so much about how do I write a press release? How do I write a sales page? Although we do cover that. It's really about how do I navigate this world as a business human? I became a copywriter because I wanted to write. Oh, dear. The reality is, is you're only going to spend 50% of your time writing. The other 50% is going to be marketing, finances, selling, uh, project management, you know, all these things that you didn't anticipate. So a lot of it is about teaching business skills. And, and I'd say a huge part of it is about teaching confidence, just confidence in the decisions they make, confidence in the pricing and how to deal with difficult clients. And it's, it's a lot about just navigating having a business because it's hard having a, your own business very very hard yeah yes so so that so that's true with most traits that you learn in in digital businesses you can't just survive on an island and just know one piece you're going to have to understand the bigger picture and and how that can integrate with running an effective business is that yeah. correct yeah. And I, like we said, it takes a village to run a business. You can't do it on your own. Um, you can try, but it's going to be a lonely game. So it's again about gathering people around you with different skill sets and gathering your tribe so that you really have that village of support with everything that you do. Yeah. Okay. So in your book, you, you talk about how do we turn competitors into cheerleaders? You want to comment on that a little bit? Yeah, this has been my battle. This is my Achilles heel. This is my kryptonite, as I said. Um, I've worried a lot about competitors in the, in the past because, you know, although you like to try and think you have an abundance mindset, everyone can kind of worry that, like, if, if, if there's only so much pie to go around, they're eating my pie. Where's my pie? And so I had to force myself to get over that. And, and you know, I'm one of these aversion therapy kind of people that the thing I least want to do, I'm just going to do it and do it until I'm over it. So when I started out as a copywriter, the, one of the first things I did was I reached out. I hate that phrase, but I reached out to about 20 copywriters. No, probably about 40 on Twitter. And I was nobody at this point. You know, I had not, I just started. And I said, how about we form a group on Google and we all share ideas and pricing and whatever. And about, you know, 10 of them never replied. Two of them told me to get stuffed, but 20 of them joined and we became a little gang. And although we were all competitors, God, I learned more in that little community in the first two years than I've, than you could have learned on any course, you know, just some really basic stuff as well that I had no idea about. And, I, and then that, that, as I said, that became the foundation for everything I do. Now I want other people to have that experience because it was life-changing for me. And I'm pretty good with competitors. Some people are not so much. Copycats I'm not so good on. But I'm, you know, I really try and just try really hard to think that there's enough to go around. Um, and that, yes, you may have exactly the same thing as me. But someone's going to pick you just because they like the shape of your nose or something ridiculous like that, you know, um, and there's nothing I can do about that. And also what I found in my experience is if you have the same thing and that person has the same thing, most people end up buying both. You know, they're not actually making a choice between A and B. They go, yes. hey, why not have both? You've seen that. Isn't that adverts in American adverts? Like, should we have hard tacos or soft tacos? Why not have both? So, you know, I try <laughs> and take the, the hard, soft taco approach to business. 
Thank you so much, Kate, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, we should seek to discover our superpowers. If we want to provide value to our customers, we need to figure out what we are really good at. Number two, every superpower has an associated weakness. Sometimes we may need to find a business partner or employee who has strengths to make up for our weaknesses. Number three, we don't need to create an entire business plan to have a successful business, but we do need to have a main goal or a business model. Number four, we can create a value ladder with multiple different types of content to give our customers to guide them towards a purchase decision. Many people today are using the value ladder as their business model or their simplified business plan. Number five, recurring revenue gives our businesses security. If you want to learn more about Kate or connect with her, you can find her on LinkedIn or visit her website at katetune.com. And there's links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, please subscribe for free to the Monetization e-magazine and get a free passion marketing ebook at monetizationnation.com. Number two, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast and YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How do you provide value to your customers? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in providing great value to your ideal customers. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.